0: The Kelly Gramlick Show on 105.5 The Roar.
1: Let's take it from the top.
0: Clemson finished the season in basketball ranked higher than Kentucky. What a time. But I love seeing people achieving their dreams, okay? And just because he was so excited to achieve his dream, he brought a life-size picture of Grandma (laughs) up on the stage. This idea, the comparison with Deshaun and Lamar Jackson... Has Deshaun Watson kind of paved the way and created more confidence for NFL GMs in a guy like Lamar Jackson, even though I still believe they're very different quarterbacks? We'll see. He has a mullet. That's the most American thing in the world. First of all, what you should never tweet these sentences. Good grief. But anyway, I sound like such an old lady. You made it into one shining moment. That, that's a big deal, okay? That's, that's, that's the dream. All righty, and we are live. And now, Kelly Gramlich. Good morning and welcome in to the Kelly Gramlich show here on WCCP 105.5. The Roar, our second ever show. First show was last week last Saturday. Um, if you missed that show, would love for you to check out the podcast. You can find that podcast on WCCPFM.com. And we now have a page for the show, its own special page. If you go to the main homepage on WCCPFM.com, go to the shows tab at the top, scroll down, you'll see the uh, the spot for The Kelly Grammick Show. You can click there, check out our podcast from last week, talked about uh, the 2018 college football season tried to predict the season with some trends, which I thought was was fun, and then, of course, interviewed Gabe DeVoe, former Clemson Tiger and a former, former basketball player for Clemson, interviewed him there, and then talked a little Kentucky Derby. You can check out that podcast online on WCCPFM.com. Also on iTunes, we're working on getting the specific page for the KG show there. On iTunes right now, it's under the Out of Bounds page. It's labeled KG Show. So go download that. And then after we're done today with this show, you can go find this podcast on, on those two avenues as well on WCCPFM.com as well as iTunes. And I just want to uh, give a big thank you to everyone who tuned in last week. All the tweets I got on Twitter and the support on the text line. It was great. It was just really fun to, to hear all that. And I just really appreciate the support. Really felt the support for the show last week. Again, you can call us today, 654-ROAR, 654-7627. Shoot us a text as well on the text line, 986-1566. Would love to hear uh, your interaction. Would love to have you talk with us on the text line or on the phone lines. And of course on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter for WCCP at 105.5 The Roar. And then you can find me on Twitter as well at Kelly Gramlich. And we have our poll up today that's going to help uh, lead our conversation in this first segment i'm really excited about this poll and this conversation another fun college football topic for you today on the kelly gramlich show but first of all i must talk about our sponsor our wonderful sponsor engineered sleep the title sponsor of the show appreciate what they do helping us Bring the Kelly Grammick Show to life every Saturday at 10 a.m. Engineered Sleep sleep knows the best way to get a good night's sleep is to have a bed that is made just for you. They can customize a mattress to your specific needs right here in the upstate at their warehouse in Greenville. They have thrived during their time in the upstate for two main reasons, trust and quality. You can visit their website, engineeredsleep.com, to learn more about their process and see their many deals on mattresses. Call them today, 864 244-0898 Two four four zero eight nine eight to talk with a personal shopper that will help you figure out which type of mattress you need. They make their beds in-house. I've been to the warehouse. It's an incredible operation. All the cutting, sewing, packaging, and shipping is done right here in the upstate. There's also a great deal going on for our listeners. If you hear me right now, if you go visit Engineered Sleep, mention my name, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, very easy. You receive 10% off your purchase of any Engineered Sleep mattress, any mattress. Just mentioned Kelly. So call them today. Again, that's 864-244-0898. Visit them at 627 Congaree Road in Greenville. They're open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and open on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So you can go visit them today. And I teased out our poll. Uh, I want you to go vote on that poll, if you will, on Twitter at Kelly Gramlich. The poll is this, and this is going to lead us into our topic for today, our college football topic in this first segment. We do have Doc Redman coming up in our middle segment today. The interview brought to you by Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. Can't wait for that. 2017 U.S. Amateur Champion. That's a major tournament. That's a tournament that's been won by Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson, Jack Nicklaus. This is not just some negligible thing here. So very excited to have Doc Redman on with us. He also appeared in the 2018 Masters. He played at Augusta. Not every day you have someone on your show that played at Augusta. So I can't wait to talk to Doc Redman. Clemson Golf has regionals coming up next week. They're going to be in Bryan in the College Station Regional, the Texas A&M Regional. And Doc Redman just finished second at the ACC Championships It was a great conversation with him. Can't wait to get to that. So that's coming up in segment two. You don't want to miss that. And then we're going to talk a little bit in the third segment. I'm going to give you a top five list. Really excited about the top five list. I'll tease that out in a little bit. Uh, And we're going to get to all that. But first of all, this first segment, I want to talk about this interesting college football topic that's been kind of on my mind. Because we've had this discussion. We talked about it on Out of Bounds, I want to say last week. But Ben Kercheval in CBS Sports, he released his coaching tiers, his college football coaching tiers, and I think pretty much every show on the station hit on it at some point, and we talked about it as well, and I thought it was really interesting because it seems that everyone agrees on one thing, and that one thing is that there's one tier that is kind of indisputable right now. There's one tier. It contains three coaches. It's the elite tier. As Ben Kercheval put it, it's the Bear Bryant tier, first ballot Hall of Famers, and that tier has three coaches, and you can't really dispute that. And they're in a specific order, and you can't really dispute that order either. So the number one coach, the best coach right now in college football, it's Nick Saban. We know that, right, about, uh, with Nick Saban. Number two is Urban Meyer, and number three is Dabo Sweeney. Those are the three coaches in the top tier right now that you just can't really dispute. And, I mean, you know their accomplishments. Nick Saban, 22 years as a head coach who has the most coaching experience on this list of all the coaches we'll talk about in the college game. He's 218-62 and as a head coach. He's won six national championships, which is an absurd number. Absurd number. Five at Alabama, one at LSU. He's only one of two active head coaches to win a championship at two different schools. The other one is Urban Meyer, who we'll talk about. In his 11 seasons at Alabama, Nick Saban has gone 127-20. and He has seven SEC titles, of course, the six national titles. He's appeared in every single playoff, all four playoffs. What Nick Saban's done is incredible, and we know that. There's no disputing where he stands in the game. And if you look at his coaching tree, the coaches that have coached under Nick Saban, the tree is unbelievable. Mark D'Antonio, Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, all guys that we're going to talk about. Will Muschamp, Jeremy Pruitt, Dan Quinn the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Those two men coached under Nick Saban in in Miami when he was with the Dolphins. Nick Saban, his effect on college football is tremendous. And we know about his credentials. So he's number one, Urban Meyer's number two. I think he still holds that spot over Dabo Sweeney as of now because he's won three national championships. Yes. Only one of those at Ohio state, but three nonetheless, that's three national titles. Again, one of two coaches to win national championships at two different schools. He's been a head coach in the college game for 17 years. He's gone 177 and 31 in 17 years, six conference titles, two playoffs with Ohio state. His coaching tree is also extensive. Steve Adazio, Tom Herman, Dan Mullen, Charlie strong, uh, Kyle Whittingham at Utah. It it just goes on and on. His coaching tree is not as impressive as, as Nick Saban's because you know, who is, but, his coaching tree is impressive. And then, of course, you have Dabo Sweeney, who we're very familiar with in this part of the country. Ten years as a head coach, all at Clemson. He's gone 101 and 30. Think about that for a second. Dabo Sweeney has lost 30 games in 10 years. Urban Meyer has lost 31 games in 17 years. That really puts Urban Meyer's record in perspective. And Dabo's is still incredibly impressive, but when you look at Urban Meyer's record, my gosh, 31 losses in 17 years. Back to Dabo, though. Dabo with the one national championship, three playoffs, four conference titles. His coaching tree, still a little slim, as he's only been at one school, right, which kind of can hamper your coaching tree. But Chad Morris, the big name there, and Billy Napier. And then, of course, Brent Venables, Tony Elliott, if those guys take head coaching jobs, which they are qualified for and have been interviewing for at different times. That will expand Dabo Sweeney's coaching tree. But right now, we know those are your three elites, those are the top three. Here's the question, though. Here's the question we're going to discuss in this first segment, and the question um, on the poll you can find on Twitter, the KG Show poll for the day. Find that on Twitter, at Kelly Here's the question. You're fielding a college football team in 2018, this coming season. Your coach cannot be Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, or Dabo Sweeney. So who's your coach? That's the question right there. Who's your coach? If you can't pick one of the three, if you can't pick one of the three elites in Sabin, Meyer and Sweeney, who's your coach? And I gave you four options here. Here's the top four for me. Now there's some others outside of this four that are definitely uh, great options. And you could definitely make arguments for, and we'll hit on those in, in just a second. But here's my top four. Jimbo Fisher, your current head coach at Texas A&M and who was at Florida state for uh, eight years. Chris Peterson, current head coach at Washington, and he was at Boise State for about eight years as well. Lincoln Riley, your current head coach at Oklahoma, just made the playoff. And Kirby Smart, the head coach at Georgia, who's been there for two seasons, just made the playoff. I picked these four for many reasons. I think these are my top four outside of those top three, and I know you could think, well, Lincoln Riley, he's been there one season, Kirby Smart two. I get that. Those are still my top four, and all four of these coaches have made a college football playoff. That's what distinguishes them for me. Now, you might, you know, keenly note that Michigan State also made a playoff, and Mark D'Antonio has made a playoff. That was back in 2016. D'Antonio is on the outside looking in for me. He hasn't had the consistent success, and he allowed his team to go three and nine in 2016, or sorry, in 2017. If I am going to pick a coach for the 2018 season, I'm not going to pick a guy that maybe could lead me to three and nine. That That's my issue with D'Antonio. He has some blemishes on the resume that, that give me pause. But right now, here's the four. Fisher, Peterson, Riley, and Smart. Please go vote in that poll. I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you'd pick to coach your college football team if you can't pick Saban, Meyer, or Sweeney. I think you can make the case for all four of these guys. That's what I said earlier. You can make the case, right? Of those four... That are listed on the poll, only one of them also has a national championship, and that's Jimbo Fisher. So I think that carries some weight. Jimbo Fisher, the national championship in 2013, three ACC championships. He coached under Nick Saban at LSU, where he won a national championship as an assistant. So he has that on his resume. The main question for me with Jimbo, of course, you look at the blemish of last year at Florida State. Definitely a blemish on his resume. You saw the DeAndre Francois injury. We know what that did to that, to that uh, program that year. But still, if you're an elite coach, do you let your team and your program fall like he let Florida State fall last year? I don't know. And then the other question with Jimbo Fisher, all of his success at the highest level, making the playoff the first year, winning the national championship the year before the playoff, his greatest years at Florida State came with Jameis Winston. He had a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. He had one of the greatest quarterbacks to play in his school's history. Can he do it without that? Could he produce this level of success without a Heisman-caliber quarterback? Because when he didn't have one, when he didn't have one, when he lost Jameis Winston, we saw what happened. He, he, he digressed back into 10-3, and 10-3 those two years. That's the question with Jameis Winston. Is is he more than an elite quarterback? Is he more than what Jameis Winston did for him at Florida State? We'll find out at Texas A&M. We'll definitely find out. And, of course, if you go by which coach makes, makes the most money, <laughs> well, Jimbo Fisher would win this, right? He would definitely win this. Chris Peterson is a, is a very interesting coach on this list. We'll talk about Smart and Lincoln Riley, the two, the two young pups, right? Chris Peterson, I think, would get my vote in this poll. When you look at what he's done in his 12 seasons as a head coach, he spent a lot of those years at Boise State. He was the head coach at Boise State from 2006 to 2013. He led Boise State from the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. They were in the WAC when they beat Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl and, and, and had a lot of success in, in the BCS level. He helped them successfully transition to the Mountain West Still had two 11 win seasons in the Mountain West and then took over a Washington program that was down. Washington has tradition, has success in the past, has national championships, but they had not had sustained success in a very long time. And he took over a Washington team that's in a tough division with Stanford. When he took over in 2014, Oregon was still relevant. He took over that team in Washington. He went 8-6 and six his first year, 7-6 his second year, got his guys in there, went to the playoff. Went to the playoff in 2016. Went 12-2, two, lost to Alabama in the Peach Bowl, 8-1 and one in league, and then last year still won that division again. Lost the tiebreaker to Stanford, didn't get to play for the Pac-12 title, but still won the Pac-12 North and, and won 10 games at Washington in what they call the down year when Jake Browning had some injury issues, What Chris Peterson has done at two institutions, he built or helped build Boise State. I think that's safe to say. He's built Washington back into a national power. And he's done it with the least, right? What he inherited at Washington, he inherited a very tough situation. He's had Jake Browning, who's a good quarterback, but not a Heisman-level quarterback. He's had some elite receivers. He had Vita Vea on his defensive line. He's had some great pieces, and you can credit him with his recruiting. But he's done it with least. He's done it with the least. He's done it with less than some of these other schools. So if I'm going to inherit a program and I'm picking a coach and I can't pick Saban, I can't pick Urban Meyer, I can't pick Dabaswini. If you look at track record, consistency, doing it at multiple programs, making a playoff, he's been elite in this recent era. He has the experience. I think the answer is Chris Peterson. I think it, it could be Chris Peterson as that fourth best coach the other two you have to take into consideration Kirby Smart and Lincoln Riley Kirby Smart only two seasons as a head coach Lincoln Riley only one and we know Smart went 8-5 and in his first year at Georgia last year was exceptional last year was an incredible year for Georgia he elevated that program to new heights new heights it hadn't seen and it couldn't get to under Mark Richt first SEC title in 15 years the program was stagnant he took it to the playoff and they were basically one play away from a national championship. Can he sustain that when you lose Sonny Michelle, you lose Nick Chubb, you lose Roquan Smith? Can he sustain it? That's that's to be determined. And we know how well he's recruiting. But two years is, is Kirby Smart suddenly elite? That's my question. I'm not quite sure about that. And then Lincoln Riley, one season. One season. It's an, an incredibly small sample size. And he inherited a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> He took over, and he had Baker Mayfield right there. And Baker Mayfield had an incredible year. Now, Lincoln Riley was the offensive coordinator in those previous years, helped mold and elevate Baker Mayfield, and you can give him credit for that, of course. But one season, I don't think I can take Lincoln Riley and, and insert him into any team in the country and have as much, as much success as I could with Chris Peterson or Jimbo Fisher. The coaches on the outside looking in, I I wrote down five more names outside of the four on the poll. Again, go vote in the poll, at Kelly Gramlich on Twitter. Which coach would you pick to coach your team if you couldn't pick Urban Meyer, Dabo Sweeney, or Nick Saban? The five on the outside, James Franklin. James Franklin, I think, has to be in this discussion with what he's done at Penn State, bringing a Big Ten title back to that proud program, elevating that program back to not just relevancy, but an elite status You could argue they should have been in that playoff two years ago after winning the Big Ten. And two nine-win seasons in a row at Vanderbilt. Talk about doing a lot with little, right? 60 and 32 in seven years as a head coach. That's James Franklin. You have your career guys, guys that have done a lot at their current positions, haven't really had elite national success but have been very good. David Shaw at Stanford, Gary Patterson at TCU, and Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State. All three of those guys would be excellent choices, and the consistency is there. But if I need to make a playoff, if I need to make a Final Four and be nationally relevant in 2018, do I go with Gary Patterson or do I go with Chris Peterson or Jimbo Fisher? I think you go with, with Fisher or Peterson. And then there's the outlier in Chip Kelly. <laughs> Chip Kelly, four years as a head coach, he went 46-7 and at Oregon. Now we know there were was, was some cheating issues. He didn't have as much success in the NFL. He's back now at UCLA. His record speaks for itself. But with what he was doing at Oregon, the Nike money, it seemed like the perfect storm for Chip Kelly. Can he replicate that? Can he duplicate it at UCLA? We'll see. So my answer, if you pushed me on it, if you, if you go vote on our poll on Twitter at Kelly Gramlich, you're fielding a college football team in 2018, and your coach cannot be Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, or Dabo Sweeney. Who's your coach? If you made me choose, which I'm making you choose on the poll, I think it'd be Chris Peterson with Jimbo Fisher as a close second. On CBSSports.com, our friend Tom Fornelli, who's a uh, noted college football writer, he ranks the coaches, the top 25 coaches in college football. And of course, he has Nick Saban, one, Urban Meyer, two, Dabo Sweeney, three, like we've told you. He has Jimbo Fisher, four, and then Chris Peterson, five. My one pushback with Jimbo Fisher, I know he has a national title and that automatically vaults him. It does because he's reached the pinnacle and he knows how to do it. I can't get over what he let Florida State become last year. It's hard for me to look past that. It really is. So I think I'm going to go with Peterson Five and, or Peterson Four, excuse me, and Jimbo Fisher Five. Would love to hear your thoughts again. Please go vote on the poll at Kelly Gramlich. Let me know who's your coach. Who's your coach if you can't pick? Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, or Dabo Sweeney. We'll recap recap that a little more uh, after we talk to Doc Redman in the next segment. Our interview segment with Doc Redman coming up. Brought to you by Chick-fil-A of Clemson. Can't wait to talk to Doc. We're going to shift gears and talk a little golf on a Saturday morning here on the Kelly Gramlich Show. Again, go vote in the poll. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in just a moment. The Kelly Gramlich Show on 105.5 The Roar. Welcome back to the Kelly Gramlich Show here on this Saturday morning. I'm very excited to get to our interview today. Our special guest, Doc Redman. Can't wait to talk to him about his recent success winning the 2017 U.S. Amateur, which is a huge deal, by the way. Guys like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Jack Nicklaus have won that. Massive deal there. He also played in the 2018 Masters, which I would imagine every young kid every young golfer dreams of that so a dream come true for him we discuss that and then of course heading into regionals with clemson golf he's a sophomore in the clemson golf team heading into that tournament uh, coming up next week and then going forward he has invitations because of his u.s amateur championship to play in the british open and the u.s open so we'll talk about that and just kind of his whole story how he got to this point very excited about that interview coming up in just a second that interview in my interview segment every single week is brought to you by Herb and Carol Tyler of Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca, where separation is in the preparation. There's no better way to start your summer morning than with a four, six, or 10-count box of Chick-fil-A chicken minis. Chicken nuggets settled in warm, mouth-watering mini yeast rolls, sounds so good, lightly coated with a honey butter spread, And they're available from 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. every morning at Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. Also, this is is huge news. For a limited time only, grab a 10-count chicken mini all day. Available only at Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. You can get chicken minis all day. Also, don't forget about Chick-fil-A's newest seasonal menu item, Frosted Sunrise, which is available for a limited time only through June 2nd. The creamy and tart treat is a combination of Chick-fil-A signature vanilla ice dream and simply orange juice. It's a perfect tasty snack that you can enjoy at any time throughout the day. So download the Chick-fil-A mobile app today. Once you download the app and sign up, you'll be able to bypass the line by simply ordering through your phone. You'll have access to new ways to customize your meals, which will be safe for easy ordering on future visits. Earn points on the app toward free treats ordering made simple at chick-fil-a of clemson and chick-fil-a of seneca visit onechickfilacom acom that's fil acom to download the app and start earning free chick-fil-a today and now it's time for my interview with u.s amateur champ and 2018 masters participant doc Redman. here's that interview we're here with Clemson golfer Doc Redman. So many accolades to his name. Only a sophomore, but he's done great things at Clemson. Of course, the 2017 U.S. Amateur champ, 2017 Walker Cup team, etc. We're going to get to all that, Doc. But first and foremost, I want to go back kind of to the beginning, to the beginning of you, um, your childhood. When did you first pick up a golf club? Who put a golf club in your hands?
1: Uh, I f- first picked up a golf club when I was really young. I had to be, you know, probably two and my parents did. Uh, they were a member at a club back in, uh, it was in Cary, actually, and my dad played a lot, and my mom played a little, and uh, I just loved it from then on. You know, I always wanted to go out to the driving range and hit balls, and so I have them to thank for that, and, uh, you know, I've stuck with it ever since.
0: When did you first, was there an age where you thought, okay, I want to focus on this sport, I could be really good at this?
1: Yeah, I think that started kind of in high school, really. Um, you know, I'd played nothing too serious, besides golf up till up until then but then you know I got some I started playing with some friends who also went on to play college golf and uh you know I really enjoyed spending time with them and playing golf so then I really ramped it up and started practicing more
0: when you're growing up you're about the same age as me roughly and golf was on national tv tiger woods was making golf a huge deal did you grow up idolizing tiger or was there another player that was um one of your favorites to watch
1: uh, I don't know if I really idolized anyone. You know, obviously it was a lot of fun to watch Tiger. He's, you know, probably the greatest golfer of all time, him and Jack. And um, so he was definitely an inspiration, but I didn't really, you know, maybe want to be anyone. I just wanted to be myself. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's worked so far.
0: So you get into high school, you become um, a well-known, highly ranked recruit And then Clemson comes calling. What was it about Clemson that made you choose uh, the Tigers growing up in Raleigh?
1: Uh, I liked Coach Penley and Coach Bird the most. Uh, I thought, you know, they're such great guys. And also, Clemson Golf has such a rich history. You know, we've got, I think, five guys on tour right now. And so that really uh, drew me here. You know, I thought I could, you know, get better, and it would give me a great chance of uh, going on to the PGA Tour.
0: And then you saw this clubhouse when you visited and thought, wow, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, The facilities here are awesome. You know, we're very lucky to have the facilities we do. You know, we have uh, some great donors and obviously great alumni who help us out. And uh, really all the facilities here, you know, we have a great gym. And uh, so it's just, you know, helping us to be the best we can.
0: What was Coach Penley's pitch those few years ago? Was it the guys on tour? Was it the facilities? Was it the combination? What was his pitch to you?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure I exactly remember, but um, yeah, definitely the facilities are top-notch, so he definitely pitched that, but also just the family we have here, you know, uh, we're all best friends on the team, you know, they're like my brothers, I love them, and, and same with the coaches, too, you know, we treat each other as family, and I think that was really important, too, you know, he he cares about us, not just as golfers, but as people as well, and, and you know, we'd grow as men, too, which uh, I think's big.
0: So you get here, you're a freshman, and most people, most freshmen, it's a, it's a transition time, right? There's You need time to transition to the college game, whatever sport it is. But not really you, Doc, with eight top ten finishes as a freshman. Why was that transition so, for lack of a better term, easy for you?
1: I think it, it helped. I played a lot of big tournaments before coming into um, college. You know, I focused less on junior golf and more on amateur golf playing against college golfers and some of the best in the country just so I could be ready you know, when college did start that I wouldn't have that transition period, like you said.
0: Is there a tournament from your freshman year, which was just last year, by the way, because you're only a sophomore, but is there a tournament or a moment from your freshman year that really stands out?
1: I, I don't, you know, in the spring was really awesome. I think we won, you know, we won like five straight tournaments and, and that was the most fun. Just the team success was awesome. We had a, you know, we had a blast doing it and we were all playing well and we were. You know ham and egging it well as well so that's what i remember most just our run in the spring and and how much fun we had doing that
0: so we get to the summer after your freshman year and you play in this little tournament called the us amateur right and you win it and i want to go back to uh the final two holes of, of uh before you got to the playoff hole you're down two strokes with two holes to play you eagle 17 with a 60 foot putt then you force a playoff what was going through your mind on those last two holes
1: I I just wanted to give my be- myself the best opportunity to, you know, make birdies and obviously an eagle on 17. Uh, I knew it wasn't over until it was over. So, I was obviously behind the 8 ball, but you know, it was it was fun just to be there and I knew I'd you know, I'd done a great job. I'd played well up until then, so there was no shame in losing then. So, I just tried my best to uh, you know, give myself the best chance at winning.
0: I'm pretty sure that maybe maybe a handful of our listeners when we do play this interview have made a 60-foot putt in their life. Can you give us just a little bit of your mindset when you're lining up that 60-foot putt? You know what's on the line at that point. Your mindset with that putt?
1: Uh it kind of felt like it was a must make, so I you know, I was really focused and I, and I'd been putting well up until then, so I had a lot of confidence in myself and uh you know, I just thought I had a really good read on it and uh trusted my stroke and you know, it just happened to go in, so uh, you know, part of that was probably skill, part of it was luck, but uh, you know, everyone needs luck to win sometimes, and, and that was awesome.
0: How has your life changed since you won the 2017 U.S. Amateur?
1: It's definitely come with a lot more, you know, recognition, which uh, at first was a little difficult, but uh, it's become a lot busier, you know, which is a good thing, but uh definitely have to focus on balancing my life a lot better and, and you know, trying to get things done in a timely and uh, efficient manner.
0: How did it feel to represent Clemson like that on a on a big stage?
1: Oh, it was great. I, it meant everything to me to you know have the tiger paw and and be representing Clemson like that, And especially to be the second winner. I thought that was really special. So I could you know carry on the legacy and hopefully inspire more people to come here.
0: And not just great Tigers that have won that tournament, but Tiger, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. That has to be a cool recognition as well.
1: Yeah, it was to be to have my name on the trophy with all the, the games grades who have won in the past, you know, like you said, Tiger and, and Jack and Phil. And, you know, that's, it's really special and, and my name will be there forever. So I'll always remember that.
0: You mentioned representing Clemson on a big stage. You play in the 2017 Walker cup, which had to have been awesome. What was it like to represent your country on an even bigger stage?
1: Yeah, that was all the more special really. Um, that, uh, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been. Just, uh, the crowds were incredible. And, uh, You know, it it was it was awesome. There's nothing better than representing your country like I did, and uh, it was really an honor.
0: Is there a moment that stands out from that? I know you won the Team USA won the Walker Cup, which is always good. What stood out from that experience?
1: Uh, I think just the whole week being with the guys, really. uh, You know, we became such good friends, and most of us had known each other before then but uh we really became close and we had a blast you know we we met a lot of really cool people president bush came and uh, hung out with us for a little while so that was really special and the crowds were incredible as well You know, everyone was really supportive of us, and and that made it even more special.
0: Okay, so you can't lie to me here, Doc. You were fatigued. You had to have been tired after that summer of the U.S. Amateur and the Walker Cup and all that. So how did you refocus for the fall of your your sophomore year? I know you were tired after all that.
1: Yeah, it was tiring, and I, um, you know, I just tried my best to kind of, you know, be ready for you know like you said the fall year I wanted to do the best I could for the team uh, because that really means a lot to me and uh, I I also made some changes in my swing so I I didn't play the best unfortunately but you know I think it served me well uh, up until now and you know now when it's most important I can help the team
0: we'll talk about your future individually as you as we move on past uh talking about the masters and all that but is that part of college golf that the team aspect of it that you're really never going to get again you know walker cups rider cups whatever but there's a team aspect to college golf that is just irreplaceable
1: yeah there no doubt um you know you're playing for something more than you playing for the team and and the other guys really you don't want to let them down so you know it adds a little pressure but it actually you know i think it adds a little meaning as well so you're right, never get that again, which is kind of unfortunate, but all the guys, you know, older than me, uh the professionals say the most meaningful and exciting tournaments they played in have been the team events they have back to college and then like you said the Ryder Cups, President's Cups. So to be able to really, you know, live out these years and and remember them fondly is important.
0: Doc, I have to ask you about the Masters. We got to talk about the Masters. Just, can you put into words initially the, when you won the U.S. Amateur, you knew you'd get to play in the Masters, but the honor of being there and the excitement you had to play at Augusta.
1: Oh man, I I was so excited just because, you know, it's the biggest tournament in in golf really and it's the most prestigious and, and more so as an event too. You know, everyone wants to say they've been to the Masters or they're going. And I was really excited to get out there and compete against the best guys in the world on such a great stage. And, uh, yeah
0: how did it feel those first two rounds you played well did you prove to yourself in some way that you can play on that big stage on uh, at that pro level?
1: yeah definitely I you know got to play with JT and Sergio which you know both top five players in the world really which was incredible and I played played really well for a lot of the holes and just kind of messed up here and there which happens out there it's it's really a challenge and very penalizing but I, I took a lot positive away from it really that I could compete with those guys, and and I knew what I had to improve over the next few months.
0: In Doc Redmond's humble opinion, toughest hole at Augusta?
1: I think 11's really hard. That hole, it always gets me when I play, and it's just, there's no room for error on the second shot around the green, and it's just really challenging.
0: Any stories from playing with Sergio and Justin Thomas, like you said? Anything you learned? Any conversations you guys might have had?
1: I think I've learned most how consistent those guys are, especially... You know, Sergio had one bad hole, but really played pretty well besides that. And and JT played awesome the second day, and he's just so consistent, didn't make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, so that's what I strive for going forward, just to be a little more consistent and continue and improve like that. And I know I can be, you know, just like him.
0: I asked you how your life changed after the U.S. Amateur. How has your life changed since playing in the Masters?
1: I think it's just been a little busier than it was, you know. But it hasn't changed too much, you know. I, I try and keep uh, my routine the same, and uh, you know, stay grounded. And, and it's been a lot of fun, you know. I've had a lot of great experiences, like the Masters and the other pro events I've played. So I'm really grateful for that.
0: You just finished second individually at the ACC Championships. You guys have the NCAA Championships coming up, and then of course a big summer for you uh, with the invites to the U.S. Open, British Open. What's next for Doc Redmond? What are you looking forward to this summer with all those events happening?
1: Yeah, I guess I'm focused most on um, just the team, really. You know, we're going to focus up on regionals and, and try to improve on what we didn't do well at ACCs, so we can go out and hopefully have another chance at re- winning regionals. And then, you know, after that we'll focus on, on NCAAs, you know, trying to get to match play there and see how far we can take it. And then, and then I'll focus a little more on the pro events I have this summer and, and you know, transitioning to that
0: of those three final question for you doc of those three the masters the US Open the British Open is it the Masters still that is the most special to you or will be if you play in all three of those is that one that you you dreamt of the most as a kid
1: I would say so yes Uh, I think obviously it's probably the most difficult to get into you know it's the smallest field and um so yeah I think you can't beat the the venue Augusta National and the crowds were incredible too so I would definitely say that was the most special
0: Thanks again to Doc Redmond for joining me today on the Kelly Gramlich Show in that interview segment brought to you by Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca. So much good stuff there. He was really open and kind of telling his story, how he got to where he is. I really appreciate his time. And best of luck to Clemson Golf in their regionals. And to Doc Redman this summer in all of his big tournaments coming up. We'll unpack the interview a little bit more in the next segment and give you my top five list for the week. This is the Kelly Gramlich Show right here on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. The Kelly Gramlich Show on
1: 105.5 The Roar. A full moon shining bright. Edge of the water we were feeling all right. Back down a country road. The girls are always hot and the beer is ice cold. cadillac horns on the
0: hood final segment the of Frankie the kelly Grammick show this morning girl, back here on 105.5 on the roar the kelly Grammick show presented by our good friends over at engineered side. sleep thank you again to doc redmond for joining me in that segment i really enjoyed that interview getting to know him a little better he hasn't done many interviews i don't think he's been on our station before so it was good to hear him discussing Uh, just all the amazing things he's done in golf recently and his future going forward with those invites to the U.S. Open and the British Open this summer. Loved hearing about uh, him playing in the Masters with Sergio Garcia and Justin Thomas. Thought that was awesome. And also just how much he enjoyed the team aspect of golf and how he's going to try to really value that. However long his career is at Clemson, if he plays another year or whatnot, he seems to just be a team guy and really enjoys the team aspect of golf, which you lose once you turn pro. This segment of The Kelly Show is also brought to you by Local Q, the place to connect for beer, barbecue, and board games in the upstate, 30 Orchard Park Drive in Greenville, right off Haywood Road. Go to Local Q for the massive beer selection, delicious appetizers and starters, barbecue, entrees, and of course the board games, as well as cornhole, ping pong, pool, shuffleboard, and darts. Local Q also has a new event space. It can be rented out for corporate events, rehearsal, dinners, birthdays, you name it, great food and drinks, private room, full bar, TVs. They have it all. Get $100 off your next event at Local Q and their new event space when you mention my name, Kelly Gramlich. Visit their website today, localq.com, or give them a call, 864-288-6873. And finally, a final segment of the Kelly Gramlich Show, my top five list for the week. Last week, he gave you top five names of Kentucky Derby winners. I enjoyed that one. You can hear that on the podcast. This week, my top five list, top five sports media follows on Twitter. Here are five people that I love following on Twitter. Uh, you want to give them a follow, too, if you need to spice up your Twitter page, if you want to read some great content. These five just do a really, really good job. Number five for me is Dana O'Neill. She writes for The Athletic. She's mainly a college basketball writer. She, she's just very, uh, she, I love her pieces. A lot of kind of unique stories in college basketball. She used to write for ESPN. Now she's with The Athletic. Find her on Twitter, the handle, at Dana O'Neill Writer. Really enjoy her college basketball coverage. Her piece on David Paget recently was, was really interesting. Number four for me, Andrea Adelson from ESPN. Her Twitter handle is at A Adelson ESPN, A Adelson ESPN. She writes a lot of ACC-specific stuff, which I find very interesting. And, of course, she did a great uh, Florida State troll job when Jimbo Fisher talked about how he did not have any resources or facilities at Florida State. She went to Tallahassee and basically took a picture of everything and just talked about how good Florida State had it. She's a great follow, a lot of ACC-specific content. Number three for me is Darren Rovell from ESPN. His Twitter is at Darren Rovell. He's the ESPN sports business reporter, so he very rarely writes anything specific. But his tweets, if you want to be up to date and just want to know the ins and outs and kind of behind-the-scenes stuff in the sports world, he's a great follow. He talks about who's uh, getting endorsements, kind of the money aspect of sports, this day in history, great uh, pictures of different food at different baseball ballparks, which is fun, shoe deals, polls, just what you need to know. He's a great follow and, and just a fun one as well. Number two for me, Stuart Mandel. Stuart Mandel, who writes for The Athletic now, and he's the editor-in-chief of The Athletic and of their college football page, The All-American. He is an excellent college football writer. He has his Mandel's Mailbag, where he takes questions from, from, from readers and pertaining to all different programs in college football. He has a great coaching tracker, does a lot of top 25 stuff. He recently wrote a State of the Program piece on Clemson football, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, Just breaking down offense, defense, special teams, where Clemson football is, where they can go. Check that out. It's on his Twitter page. I think that's a really interesting read. And then my number one sports media follow. I've recently really gotten into his work, and that's Richard Deitch, who used to write for Sports Illustrated. Now he's with The Athletic. If you can't tell, I'm a big fan of of The Athletic. Uh, He he writes a lot of long-form stuff for The Athletic, Inc., and something called The Inc. Report, which is basically his sports media report. He's a commentator on sports media, if that makes sense, or makes sense. And he'll break down big events in sports media, how they were covered, who tuned in, who watched, how they watched. It's really interesting to me. He also will will give out his 5 for sports stories and 5 non-sports stories that you need to read from from all over the journalism world. If you want some long-form stuff and are just interested in reading some really good pieces, he is, is one to follow. He also has a new podcast called the Sports Media Podcast, which I enjoy, and he recently had Doris Burke on there. I'm a big Doris Burke fan. I know some people aren't, maybe not, or, but I'm a huge fan of Doris Burke, and so he had her on, her on his podcast. I would recommend his work as well. So those are my top five sports media follows. Dana O'Neill, Andrea Adelson, Darren Rovell, Stuart Mandel, and then Richard Deitch. If you want to follow, if you want to spice up your Twitter timeline, This top five was for you. And this top five was also brought to you by Steve's Tire and Service in Easley, locally owned business and longtime partner here at WCCP. For over 40 years, they've taken great care of their customers, providing tires, brakes, front alignments, and more. They now offer a full line of automotive and truck accessories, toolboxes, covers, just about anything you need to keep your vehicle on the road. They're an authorized dealer for BF Goodrich, Michelin, and Yokohama Tires, names you can trust. The same family has owned and operated Steve's for all these years, and that's very important in today's here now, gone tomorrow environment. Take it from me you can't go wrong when you take your truck, car, or SUV to Steve's Tire and Service in Easley. 109 Peachtree Street between 123 and 93. Give them a call today at 864-859-1361. That's Steve's Tire and Service in Easley. And thanks again to Engineered Sleep, our title sponsor, Chick-fil-A of Clemson and Chick-fil-A of Seneca for sponsoring our interview with Doc Redman. And, of course, Local Q and Steve's Tyron Service and Easley for their support. Go vote in our poll. It's almost over, but you can go vote and make your voice heard. What well, we talked about in our first segment, college football coaching topic. The question was, if you're fielding a college football team in 2018 and your coach cannot be, can't be, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, or Dabo Sweeney, who is your coach? The four options were Jimbo Fisher, Chris Peterson, Lincoln Riley, or Kirby Smart. My vote, if you really press me on it, would be Chris Peterson. I think Jimbo Fisher is a close second. The other two are going to have, I think, really incredible careers, but they just haven't proven it um, so far with their limited amount of coaching time. Thank you again for tuning in today on the Kelly Gramlich Show. If you missed anything, check out the podcast on WCCPFM.com. Just find the Kelly Gramlich Show under the Show tab. Also, search for us on iTunes. Just search WCCP. Thanks to Doc Redman. Thanks to our... Many wonderful sponsors. Tune in next week on The Kelly Graham McShow next Saturday, 10 a.m. We'll see you right here on WCCP 105.5 The Roar.